Now let's take a look at the bigger picture. Octavio Morenzi is joining us, CEO of Optimus. Octavio, what are you thinking? How do you feel about the markets? Are you ready to dive in yet? I'm still standing on the sidelines, Nicole, and I'm not getting ready to dive in anytime soon. I think the inflation numbers are going to come in bad. I don't think it's going to look good. I think the Fed is going to have to increase interest rates even further. That's going to put more pressure on the tech stocks in particular because those stocks are very sensitive to interest rates because so much of their earnings potential is in the future. So as you discount that with a higher interest rate, they become worthless. So I, I'm still watching. I'm still watching on the sidelines. Um, I think the play is to be heavy in cash and, and to, to watch interest rates go up further. I don't see how yeah, they I was... can jump back anytime soon. <clears throat> Right. And I was reading uh, the New York Post first thing in the morning. I always take a look at the business section. It talked about Russia defaulting on the debt for the first time in 100 years. And um, nobody seems to care. Not at the moment. Nobody here is really talking about that as a big story. Well, if, if you look at the interest rates now, the yields on Russian government debt, it hasn't budged at all. So uh, it's, it's a bit strange. Usually when a, when a government or an issuer defaults on their debt, they can't borrow any money at all, not for love nor money can they go back to the markets and, and borrow anymore. Uh, all the interest rates just goes through the roof. They have to pay 20, 30, 40 percent on yields to invest. That hasn't happened with the Russian debt. Basically gone down a bit. There was a bit of a scare where it looked like the yields popped up way up to 20%. It looked like the market was thinking, okay, Russia's really going to default now. But I think most people who hold these bonds are basically saying, we think the Russians are good for it. Uh, they can't make the payment go through because it's basically being blocked for operational reasons, but they have the cash and they're willing to pay. And so we will we will receive our money at some stage in the future. So there's nothing to worry about. At least that look, looks like what the market is saying, because the yields on government debts from Russia are still hovering about the same level as they were last week, about 8.5%. They've even come down a bit. So it's a big yawn, basically. It's amazing how little impact that has had. Yeah, and so what I want to ask you is because a majority of your notes here have to do with Russia, but my question to you, ruble is even stronger than before the war. Uh, Russian defaults on the bonds, which you just talked about, price caps on Russian oil, um, the Ukraine war and the international story. All of these are great international headlines. Why does my Aunt Mary in Minnesota care about these headlines? What does that have to do with her 401k? Well, I suppose you could invest in, in, in Russian ETFs or in, in Russian funds or things of that sort if you were very adventurous. Uh, bear in mind, the Russian market over the course of the past three, three months was the best performing market in the world. It's up 74% in the last three months. Now, it did go down a lot, but that's a big, big jump. So if you had jumped in at the right time, you could have made a lot of money there. But I don't know if your aunt is interested in investing in foreign markets that way. Um, and I'm not sure with sanctions whether that's even possible to do. But there are all those possibilities to get some sort of exposure to the Russian market and benefit from that. What's your advice now? In terms of Russia? I mean, I think they have just sort of sailed through this in the most extraordinary way. I, I, I'm, I'm sort of dumbfounded by it. Uh, they've played it really, really well, everything. The, the ruble is back to where it was, or even stronger than before the war. The stock market is back to where it was. Interest rates went shot up and then came back down. So they're back at the pre-war level. Uh, it looks like they're immune to all these things that the State Department has cooked up and concocted to try and get them. So uh, they're, they're looking really good there overall. And, and I, I hate to say it, kind of impressive overall in terms of how they've navigated these choppy waters. 
but I think in terms of the broader market or in the US market in particular, I think there's more pain to come. And, and I think the, the next shoe to drop is basically going to be the housing market, where we started to see some cracks in the market and, and things starting to look like they're a bit dislocated. You mentioned housing prices being up 20%, at least in the case Schiller Index, which, which is a bit, a bit of a lagging indicator because that's going back to April. So it's not a terribly current indicator, but it's looking like it's very hot. Interest rates have gone way up. And that's going to drive a lot of people into rentals and drive rental prices up. Now, housing prices don't directly impact the consumer price index. So it's sort of taken out of it as an asset and that doesn't get reflected in, in, in the CPI. However, rentals are, and they account for a very big portion of the CPI. So as housing becomes unaffordable and interest rates go up and housing prices go up, so many more Americans are going to be forced to rent even against their will. That will drive rental prices up as that demand heats up. And that is going to give us a much, much bigger CPI number in one or two months' time, I think. And then if you have a big CPI number, that means more hikes from the Fed, right? I think Jay Powell has understood that. That's what he needs to do, yes. So more hikes from the Fed. And I think these little anemic uh, increases of 50 basis points or 75 basis points, he might have to leave by the wayside. He might have to take a, a page out of the book of the Russian central bank that increased interest rates by over 1,000 basis points in one day and basically went from 9.5% to 20% to defend the ruble. They did it so very effectively. Maybe he has to look at that as a, as a, a strategy for, for the Fed to, to, to think about. I wouldn't advocate that much of an increase, but he might look at that and say, well, that's a bold move. Maybe he needs to be less timid in his moves in terms of hiking interest rates. As consumer confidence obviously shows some weakness and, and sentiment is, is record lows, and we're waiting on the ISM manufacturing numbers later in the week, which you know are close, not close to contraction, but close to contraction. Um, at this point, is there a good investment as far as a sector? Is it tech that's been down 20, 30, 40 percent? Is it energy that continued the momentum, or is the energy play done? Is there any sort of sector that interests you? Well, the energy sector had a, had a nice pop today, at least. So you saw some of the big gainers in the energy sector uh, as a result of the oil price going up a, a couple percent today. So the big oil names went up. The oil field services company like Schlumberger and Halliburton had a good day today, at least. Uh, and I think that might continue for some time. But I think as, as interest rate hikes start to bite uh, uh, over the course of the next few months, we're going to see the economy slow down, and I think demand for oil and gasoline slow down a bit as well. So I think it's far from certain that that sector will carry on playing really well. Another sector just today that did really well were the big casinos and gaming stocks. So we yeah. saw uh, Las Vegas Sands and Wynn have a big, big pop on the back of the Chinese announcing that they were reducing the quarantine right. entry. 21 to 10 days. I, I don't know anyone who is now waiting to get on an airplane to fly to Macau and willing to wait in a Chinese hotel for 10 days to go place bet in Macau. Uh, but maybe, maybe there are yeah. such people out there. I don't know. I don't know anyone either, but somebody's doing it, right? Octavio Morenzi, thank you. Nice to see you always. I appreciate it. CEO of Optimus. Thank you.